Hey, what's up? This is Charles Clark, and welcome to the Thrive Tribe Podcast, a podcast where you'll hear unfiltered success stories of everyday people who crush failure and discover their inner champion. Now, this is going to be a business series on how to thrive in your personal brand or business. And if that happens to be you, you definitely want to stick around so that you can jumpstart your idea and move those big goals towards the finish line using the Thrive Planner, a 90-day undated planner that doesn't expire. But there's one thing I do know for sure, your dreams do. So before it's too late, make sure you head to the thriveplanner.com to get yours. Today on the Thrive Trap Podcast, I have Dr. Barry Antees, an NFA mindset, habit, and business building coach who is driven to help people thrive in their personal and professional life. What makes Amanda so unique is how she coaches with her coupling of social science training with real life experience of overcoming big challenges. Three years ago, she was living in survival mode off of food stamps, trying to work her way through grad school as a single mom. And today, she has a growing six-figure business and is building the foundation to create a multi-million dollar global company that helps business builders implement maximum potential strategies so that they can impact and have the income they desire. So I have my good friend on here, Dr. Barentees. So Dr. Barentees, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. So let the Thrive Tribe know just a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, my name is Dr. Amanda Barentees, and I am the founder of NFA Coaching, and I am from Boulder, Colorado. I love coaching. It's my absolute favorite thing to do in the universe, and I feel so fortunate that I found it, and I didn't really realize when I stepped into coaching world that that was going to be what I wanted to do with my life. So about three years ago, I was having a lot of I, well, it actually started prior to that, but I, I was having a lot of relationship problems. Like I had a 15 year marriage. I got pregnant in, when we were young. So I was 20 years old when I got pregnant with our first and I decided to drop out of college and have him pursue his career. And then I was home for a lot of years and him and I had a challenging relationship because neither of us had any relationship skills so we always put a lot of love into our kids and focus and time and energy but our relationship wasn't really thriving and we didn't know how to fix it I definitely didn't I ended up leaving the relationship through having an affair I told him about it we tried to go to counseling and fix things and and it really we we had our paths had diverged in a lot of ways and we also needed to do a lot of personal growth and development work. Well, of course, my new relationship was failing and one night I was on the floor and I was like crying and things were falling apart and I was like, I'm the center of my problems. I, I had this revelation that I'm the center of my problems and I, I made a vow to myself in that moment that I was willing to do whatever it takes to transform into a more empowered person who could have a, a thriving relationship. So I started yeah. doing research on relationships and it led me down the path toward coaching and it started with understanding codependency because I had a lot of issues around putting other people first and myself last and really kind of almost an addiction to relationships where I would always want to be in relationships and I would tend to want to find people to fix because I didn't know how to focus on myself <laughs> so yeah. that opened the door to all of this discovery and and then it led to coaching programs over time 
sure. and in all of this because I was divorced my ex-husband also lost his job so then I'm in grad school single mom food stamps you know mm. trying to figure it out I mean there were days where I'd be like I remember sitting at my kitchen table when my partner was going to move out so my new relationship wasn't working and, and we decided to break up so he's moving out my ex-husband saying he doesn't want to be friends with me at the moment and I'm just like oh wow and I'm sitting there thinking, am I going to be homeless? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. I really started to understand that money was a huge issue for me and that it was really tied to my self-worth. Wow. And so as I started working with coaches, I start everything started to change. And I realized, you know, oh, this is interesting. I'm at the university. So I was teaching at the University of Colorado. And I was winning awards for teaching. But then this whole personal side of my life is falling apart. No one knows it, really. And yeah. And... My students, I start kind of using coaching dynamics in my teaching, and my students are like hungry for the solutions. And in the academic world, you don't usually teach solutions, especially in sociology. So my PhD is in sociology. You teach about the problems, and you teach about, which is important because we need to understand what's going on in the world. But it isn't solutions-oriented, and it made me really start thinking about how we don't give kids financial education 101, we don't give kids relationship skills in school, that they're the foundational principles to help people thrive in their life. And so I started learning those, and I thought, oh, I can take these teaching skills that I love and bring it into coaching, and then I also have access to unlimited funds in terms of I can have a huge impact and make a great income. Really, the sky's the limit in terms of the income I can make in a coaching business. And so I really started hitting it hard there and thought wow I didn't realize I was born for this <laughs> wow, wow. and just yeah. love it so so you said something that that really struck a chord for me you said that finances was a part of your self-worth and oh, yeah. like for for me I've just learned to because you're talking about you know a guy who went through you know, being with the top 1% of athletes in the world to living at home with his mom, couldn't even stand on his own two feet. And because I put so much of my identity into to that, that title, to that, to that fame, when it was gone, it wrecked me. So, like, I, I think I got a little debate here for you. Um, and, and that is, I, I believe that we have a self-worth that is unlimited, and that our, our value will never change no matter what we've been through. And maybe, maybe I can just, just some encouragement for, for people out there to know that, hey, you still have worth. You still have value regardless of what you've been through, regardless of what people might have said about you, regardless of what you might say to yourself. You have a worth that is unchanging. And, oh, yeah. and, that, and that to me is like, that's so, so much purpose. So like, you know, what is your, what is your take? And, and, you know, maybe what did you, what did you mean when you said that finances was a big part of uh, your self-worth? What, what do you, what do you exactly mean by that? What a great question. And I love that you're highlighting that. And what I really meant is that my, your net worth is typically tied to your perception of your self-worth. Okay. So yeah. if you don't perceive that you have value, then the mm -hmm. world doesn't value you because yeah. money is just an exchange of value. So if you feel like in your identity, you're not deserving, you're not valuable, you don't have a lot to bring to the world, you're mm -hmm. hiding your light, then you're your net worth in in financial means is going to be a reflection of that. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And it's and it's kind of like in a sense where 
what you value in a sense or you can say i value money right but if your actions don't speak that you can't yes. say you value it right yes so yes and that was exactly where i was at i kept i felt frustrated and stuck but i hated wealthy people i thought they were greedy bad wrong i was you know i was born in a fundamentalist christian family into a fundamentalist christian family who taught me that money is the root of all evil mm-hmm. <laughs> so i had this belief system that if I were wealthy, my underlying belief system that was even not totally conscious was that if I become wealthy, I'm bad and evil. So that's running it. And then I don't value myself. And then when I show up in the world to give that exchange, I don't value myself. And so people respond to me that way. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That currency, right? Yeah. you, You accumulated that over time. Yeah. And that's what people receive from you now. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so how has failure impacted your life? Uh, you know, if you'd asked me this five years ago, I was I had such a victim mindset. I felt like everyone <laughs> was against me. And I, yeah. you know, I thought I'm so power. I, I thought I was powerful, but I wasn't acting as if and I didn't really believe it. So failure made me be mad at the world. It was mm-hmm. like, you're to blame, you're to blame, you're to blame, you're to blame, all of these reasons why I'm failing. And now my perspective has completely shifted. And I think failure is a beautiful gift because mm-hmm. it's how we learn. If you don't yeah. fail, you don't learn. And so mm-hmm. I don't even perceive things as failures. You know, when someone would look at something like, oh, that's you failed at this or you failed at that, I go, awesome. That means I'm learning and it's a stepping stone to the next evolution of myself. Yeah, and so for me, failure, I mean, I've had a lot of challenges in my life and I've overcome a lot of challenges. And to me, it just it, it refines you, it shapes you, it guides you. If you can have that perspective and go, awesome, thank you for these failures because they're opportunities for growth, then failure isn't perceived of as failure. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And I believe that also that we're constantly in this state of failure. Well, for one, we're either failing to get uncomfortable or failing forward, right? Mm-hmm. And if we're, if we're failing to get uncomfortable, that means we will never step into this territory of success, right? Yeah. But if, we, if we're failing forward, we're constantly in the zone of the unknown. We're constantly in the zone of uncertainty and it feels scary. But that is a place of success. That is the place yeah. where the top 1% of people go in order yeah. to reach their greatness, right? That's the juicy place, right? That's right. how I look at it. I'm like, oh, I love that place because it's you're juicy. constantly learning and stretching and growing. There is yeah. a, this, so it's really cool. There's, um, have you ever heard of the term eustress? Okay, explain it's for me. It's spelled E-U and then stress. So it's there's a difference between when you're overly stressed and you're taxed, yeah. then you're going to end up burning out. Right. But if you're where you're really cozy and comfortable, you know, we a lot of people call it comfort zone, then you're not yeah. growing because you're just like sitting there in the comfort zone, not stretching yourself. Yeah. So the place in between, you want to be right on the border of of challenge and support, stress and comfort. Right. And that's the place of you stress where you actually have the opportunity to grow, to thrive, to overcome, to learn, to challenge yourself, to stretch yourself. So it's this beautiful spot where you're seeking challenge and with the expectation that you're going to fail, but your perception of it is like, awesome, I'm growing as I'm learning. And as I'm falling down and getting back up, I'm refining and I'm understanding what worked, what didn't, and how to get to the next step in a more effective way. So really, Thrive Tribe is finding that boundary between yeah. your comfort zone and overwhelming, right? Awesome. Where, yeah. where is that 
right in the middle place. And maybe we need to ask ourselves that. Like, when was the last time I felt uncomfortable? When was the last time I I did something that was beyond me, right? And if you if you said, man, it's been it's been a while, it's been a couple of months, then I challenge (laughs) you to stretch, to stretch a little more. Because the more you know, like the thing about working out, the more you stretch, the more you exert that energy, the more you build up that that uh, that energy system that you have, the the more you're able to handle a more excruciating workout. So yeah. again, Dr. Barron, that's Barron great. Jason, I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's awesome. So can you take us to that moment? Three years ago, you said that you were living on food stamps, uh, that you were working your way through graduate school, being a single mom. What was that like emotionally for you? And what made you want to thrive out of that situation? <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> it was awful, but also I look at it now and I'm so grateful for it because it led mm-hmm. me down this path. Um, in the moment, it was it was scary. You know, it was there were it really hit me at certain moments. So my daughter was applying for colleges, and I was like, you know, knowing I have no money for it, and knowing that she has to get scholarships because if she, it's been her dream since she was a kid to go to college. You know, all my kids are very different. I have three kids, and hers was always like, I'm going to school. I want to. I love school. You know, yeah. and I thought, oh, geez, I'm not there yet. I can't help you pay. So I was helping her. You know, she's writing all these scholarship letters, mm-hmm. and they're all about how poor we are. Because mm. we live in Boulder, and Boulder is a mega wealthy community. It's like top three percent of income earners. The average housing cost today is a million dollars, and so the, it's just a very, very wealthy community. And we were definitely on the end of the scale that was, you know, in the poverty level, mm. and um, we were living in subsidized housing, and it was. You know, I think there's that shame piece that comes with that experience. And so she's writing her her scholarship letters, and I would just go to bed every night and cry and just be like, mm. oh, I hate this reality. I feel so mm. bad that this is the reality for my kids. And, mm. and, the, and so, you know, there was – and I write about this in one of my books in, in a in – a, outline of a book that I have that's on my website and it's the summary of the book and it talks about how I actually got to the point where I started I got online and I started looking up the safety of having a sugar daddy (laughs) I was like (laughs) I was like I need a solution like I'm willing to do anything like I I don't want my kids to feel like this anymore and then it was you you were doing that for your kids like yeah. you were willing to do that for them. That's oh yeah, I, I was like, I gotta figure out a solution here. Like I'm smart, oh, I'm goodness. you know, like I'm sure I can figure out a way to like make something happen. And I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Just just stay yeah. on course, you know, yeah. keep doing the personal growth and development, and trust that it's gonna work. And it it was really interesting because she ended up getting a full ride scholarship to a two hundred fifty thousand dollar education mm. yeah. at a private university, yeah. and she's killing it. And and yeah. that strengthened her. And at the time, I was struggling to see that I was scared and I felt like it was all on me and it was my responsibility and so scary and it was hard but it also pushed me into where I am today which one of my highest so I teach people about values and and when I talk about values I'm talking about the study of axiology which comes from understanding your worth and and meaning and so it's your driving force in life and your values are created from your voids so most people who are teachers it's because they had something in their history where either they really want to teach people because they didn't get taught the way they wanted to be taught or they didn't have access to knowledge or something along 
those lines. So for me, I'm in part a wealth coach because I've experienced poverty to a level yeah. that I was very desperate and scared. And so yeah. now I go, I've gotten to overcome those blocks and implement habits to shift myself. So now I get to teach other people to do that. So now I look at it and I'm yeah. like, that was such a great opportunity for me to overcome so that now I get to be a teacher for others in that, in the money world. Turning pain into purpose. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's good. How important is mindset when running your own business? Everything. It is everything. I think, you know, our beliefs are magnetic. So your mindset, if you don't learn to control your mindset, your mindset will control you. So, and we are geared toward the negativity bias. We have, it's eight times easier for us to remember the negative than the positive because that's a survival mechanism. And so if you don't learn to shape your mindset for your success, then you're going to struggle a lot, especially the entrepreneurial mindset. It is a brilliant, beautiful, driven spirit, mm-hmm. but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, <laughs> Lonely it's, you sometimes know, it's, too. Right? It's no joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got to be really strong in your mind. Mm-hmm. Is there any part of like your entrepreneurship that you remember when you had to like turn up that mindset? Oh yeah, I, all the time. Yeah. Yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What, were, what were you going through? I'm not immune to it. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, it's new challenges. Every time I take on a new project, I'm very impatient. I want things to happen a lot faster than they do. And so Mm -hmm. I'll, if it doesn't happen exactly the way that I want it to happen as quickly, I get discouraged. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, why isn't this happening faster? It's like, I want to force it and push it. (laughs) And I have to remind myself, you know, like my partner, I love my partner so much. He was, you know, I came home. I'm like, can you just hug me for 10 minutes straight? I just need like, you're my greatest cheerleader. And I just, you know, especially as a coach, you're often cheering for other people. Oh, and you're pouring your energy, right? Yeah. Like all your energy yeah. is going to them. Yeah. 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 And, and you so need to every, back up. And everyone perceives you as so strong, you know, and yes, right. I'm strong, but I also sometimes get discouraged and scared and, you know, and I need someone to be like, you got this, you're a badass. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's good. Yeah. You know, I, I think that knowing that everybody is at a stage to, to experience that pain. Nobody is is immune to failure. Nobody is a, is immune to burnout. And yeah. just knowing that alone, that just lets us know we're not alone in this. You know, this this entrepreneur journey. That just lets us know that hey, you can try at any level and and it's going to be okay because if you can make it to where you're at right now, I can make it to where I'm at right now. The people who are, you know, starting out, you can do the same. Yeah. Right. So I, I I love that. Changing your mindset is the game changer for me as well. So what is one of your planning secrets that allow you to get things done? I've got many, but let's start with every morning. This will be a few packed into one, but every morning I journal. Every morning I work. Well, I don't work out every morning, but most days of the week I work out. Um, but every morning I journal and I write down my three to five highest priority action steps and I write down my goals. I have a 90 day planning system. So I write down my 90 day goals every day, my three to five action steps for that day. I write affirmations, gratitude, and then I meditate. And that morning block system sets me up for just feeling so good in my soul connected with myself, clear about what I'm doing for the day. And it just, yeah, it's it's been huge. Yeah, that's good. That's good. 
Yeah, I, b- I believe we all should have a morning routine, uh, especially being entrepreneurs. Like we have this thing called the circadian rhythm, which yeah. is when we're at peak stake. And we have to learn to take advantage of that. Or we're just going to be in this rat, way, this rat race of trying to keep up. But yeah. if we can do things that put us at peak stake, if we can do things where we're implementing more and planning less in the morning, like that's when we start to win. That's when we are building up that momentum that we, we're starting to have this accumulation of, of, of interest, right, where things start to happen now. And I, that's what I love. Like, so every, every morning for me, one of my big planning secrets is to really read my devotion. Like, because I, I know like that for me, if, if I don't read my devotion, then I'm not going to be at my, my optimal level that I want to be at. And it's something yeah. about going to that word for me that just rejuvenates me, right? That just uh, eases my mind and just allows me to have clarity and focus for the day and intention. So Yeah. Yeah, I love that you said that, and let me add, um, and, and I didn't say this in, their, in my journaling before that I do my personal growth and development time, so it's similar. It's like spiritual rejuvenation, yeah. so I read personal growth and development every single morning before I do my journaling, so it's that, yeah. it, it, yes, I think yes. you have to constantly be feeding your soul if yeah. you want to stay in the game in mm-hmm. your most powerful way, connected yourself and really connecting with other people on a deep level. Yeah, yeah that's good. So let's get to the juicy questions, right? <laughs> so you have your own online course, and it's all about helping people make that moolah, right? Yeah. So what would you say are the top three money magnet habits? Awesome. Top three. I, I'm glad you're asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say first, absolutely critical to get your mindset fixed on that you are dedicated to becoming a financial master. So in that, it's this mindset of that alone t- wraps in so many habits because first it means you're doing a daily practice to to gain financial literacy and then you're implementing the action steps to get you there and then that also takes especially in terms of thinking about the development of habits you have to uninstall and unlearn the habits that aren't supporting you and then learn new information and then practice implementing those strategically and then they'll become autopilot habits Mm -hmm. so there's this whole system and what that takes also is you got to overcome your money blocks so if you have fear shame guilt Guilt, doubt, running your money system like I did, and you have all these these limiting beliefs that are pushing money away from you, you got to learn what those are. you got to bring those to your conscious awareness so that then you can shift and create new habits that are going to set you up for long-term wealth building. So you can, can you give us sit- an example of like what's a, what was one of your, your money blocks and what did you have to, what habit did you have to pick up to change that? So I, so like I was saying, I, uh, I let's just even go with money is the root of all evil and wealthy people right. are greedy. So if I yeah. have that underlying belief, then I'm going to look to the universe to prove to me that that's true. Mm-hmm. So everywhere I see wealthy people, I'm going to be like, ooh, they're greedy, they're bad, they're wrong. And then it's going to push money away from me because why would yeah. money want to be attracted to me if I hate it? And also, why would I want to become someone I hate? And I'm afraid of. So I've got to yeah. uninstall that belief system. So the habit is is edu- financial education and getting clear on your unconscious belief system so mm, that then you good. can shift it. Yeah. So, and I teach all that in the course. It's, yes, yeah. it's powerful stuff. 
Number two. Um, yeah, go ahead. Number two, what would you say? Number two. That- so number two, I'd say, you know, and this is, there's a lot of, um, I'll give you a really practical one. Read, educate yourself, learn daily until you gain financial competency, literacy, excellence. Let's say you want to be financially free until you're there. You better be a student of money. So Mm -hmm. I'll ask people all the time, you know, do you want financial freedom or they're complaining about money and they're like, I don't have enough. It scares me. I'm in the rat race. I, and I'm like, I get it because I used to be there. But then I asked the question, did you, when was the last time you read a book about money? Never in their life. You know, are you asking people who are farther along than you how to teach you to get there? Never. So it's really weird that we have this belief system that somehow we're supposed to be rich without really knowing how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's a skill that can be learned by anybody. Literally anyone can learn how to be a master with their money, but you've got to focus on it and dedicate time and energy to it. That's good. That's good. And then number three, I would say, is practicing what you learn. So putting the knowledge into action. So, you know, it's, I like to use the example of riding a bike. You could read, 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 read about riding a bike. You could learn everything about bike mechanics. But if you don't get on the bike and fall down flat on your face multiple times, you're not going to learn how to ride a bike. Similar with money. You can read, 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 read and ask people. But if you don't implement what you're learning and execute, you're probably not going to get very far. So make sure that you're also taking action on what you're learning because knowledge and power, knowledge in action is power. Knowledge is power, but what you do with it makes you powerful. Yes. What would you tell someone who is in a place where in the next 90 days, if they don't reach a certain financial goal, they're going to have to get a nine to five. such a good place to be that's what i would tell them (laughs) (laughs) i i would say and i work with people in this situation sometimes i um and it's scary they're scared so the biggest i'd say the first thing is to start doing everything you can to believe in yourself first and and visualize yourself making it and start doing taking strategic action every single day because the dilemma is that when people are in that situation they tend to go out into the marketplace and try to attract customers from a place of desperation and people can feel that. So what happens is it's weird. It's almost like you're lying to the universe and people don't like to be called liars, but it's what we're doing. So it's like you're you're showing up with this face, but underneath you're screaming at the person, I'm scared, I'm terrified, I need your money and if you don't come right. work with me, I'm going to starve, <laughs> you know? And so they feel that. You know, they yeah. feel that lack of congruency. So you've got to believe in yourself. So you're sending the message of like, what I have is awesome and you want to work with me because if you don't take my course or you don't work with me as a coach or you don't buy my product, you're going to be negatively affected because what I have is so awesome. So yeah. you've got to know that in your being so that you're sending a yeah. congruent message. Yeah. So for me, my first, my primary pillar that I work with people on is personal power and that sense of self-worth, perceiving yourself as powerful, knowing that you're amazing, knowing that we all have unique gifts, genius, beauty inside of us, and we just need to unlock it so that we can do what we were meant to do in the world. That's so good. You know, I, I agree with you because... A lot of times when we get into fear, I mean, fear is always present for one, but we can acknowledge it. And then that's when it becomes omnipresent, like where it's just overwhelming you. But if if we can focus on what we really want, 
that success consciousness yeah. and not failure consciousness, the game changer happens then and there. So meaning knowing that I'm 90, 90 days, if I don't make no cash, it's going to be a big problem, right? I'm going to focus on making cash, making yeah. that the the problem that I'm looking to solve, but a lot of people yeah. we, we focus we focus on the obstacle. Oh, that's the obstacle I have. I don't know. I just I'm just gonna dwell in this, and yeah. what you dwell on swells. Like I say this all the time, and you know, because I've been at that place where if I didn't make any, if I didn't make some cash in the next couple of days, I was gonna get evicted. That's yeah. where I was, and I. I almost, you know, got a job, got a nine to five job and working, working somewhere I, I had no passion for. I had yeah. no purpose being there. But I was like, heck no, I'm going to show up on what I believe in. And I started to do that every single morning, waking up, waking up, waking up. And then boom, I cashed, awesome. I cashed $20,000 in the bank in, in one week. Nice. And that was a, a good feeling. <laughs> Virtual 10. Yes. Come on, man. That was, that was a good feeling. Because I, I acted in a way that I believed, even though it wasn't there, that it was going to happen. Yeah. The desire and the belief. It's so powerful. Yeah. 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 I love yeah. I love that you're highlighting that, and I want to say, uh, I, you and I do resonate so much because I tell people, you know, what you focus on expands. So if you're focusing mm-hmm. on the fear and the lack, you're going to get more of that. Right. And and something I really like to work with people on is focus on how many people you need to serve to get the amount of money you need instead of the yeah. even the money. Because right. if you go, okay, I need twenty thousand dollars, let's say, how many clients is that? How many products is that that I need to? S- and then focus on the people. That, yeah. that you want to draw to you that are yeah. waiting out there in the universe to know about that product and service you have. Yeah. And so then Task you're focusing focus. on the service piece mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of the need and the desperation piece, yeah. and it has a more magnetic quality. That's good. Man, I don't want this podcast to end. But <laughs> <laughs> this is some good stuff. Um, I just want to ask you one more question. What would you tell somebody who's just getting started and they don't have all the pieces together. First, I would say we never have all the pieces together (laughs) ever. You know, it's like, I think, I think that when people are starting, they, what I would tell them is don't compare yourself to the people who are three years ahead of you or five or 10, because Mm -hmm. especially in this industry, when you're, let's say a thought leader or a coach or whatever service or online business that you're doing or whatever business you're doing, we look to the people who are ahead of us to learn, but then we have this tendency to compare ourselves to them Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel like you're not getting there fast enough. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're never going to get there. And the reality is that you can do so much in a year. If you commit your daily energy and and effort and action, strategic action, of course, like we've talked about, to getting where you want to go and you hold firm and fast and and put your heart into that, you're going to get there. Just remember to take daily action and just be where you are. Practice your own personal best. Yeah. You know, don't compare yourself to them. You can hold them up as a as a beacon of light and go, I know I can get there, but just don't expect yourself to be there overnight. And I say this because I struggle with this. You know, I constantly mm-hmm. am comparing myself and going like, but they're there. I want to be there now. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. have to remind myself like, Amanda, you've done so much in the last three years. You know, you've done so much and you have so much more to give. Just stay on course. Stay on course. Stay on course. Be consistent and stay on course. Yeah. 
Dr. Baron Tease. It's been a pleasure to have you on the Thrive Tribe podcast. And my last question is, how can the Thrive Tribe find you online? Um, I love Instagram. So of course, all of you here listening know me on Instagram. Um, if it's my handle is NFA coaching. So at NFA coaching, um, my website is www.nfacoaching.com. And those are the easiest ways. I have a LinkedIn Max Potential Habits group. I have a Max Potential Habits podcast. That's an awesome way to connect to me for free. I love podcasting. I was so excited to come on your show because I love giving free information to people. It's what I accessed when I started this process. If I hadn't had podcasts, I don't know where I'd be today because it was like I got to learn on the go for free from amazing people who have awesome stories and a ton of knowledge to share with the world. So podcasts, so Max Potential Habits podcast. And then I have my most recent um, release is a money course. So it's called NFA Money Magnet Habits. Yeah. And it's awesome. Like, ah, I love it. It's it's great. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you really want to shift your money reality, take that course. <laughs> yes. Do it, Thrive Tribe. Let's thrive together. Yeah. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Charles. It was an honor to be here. Thrive Tribe. Come on, let's get it. You know exactly what you want to do, and now you know exactly how to do it. This is a business series. It's time to level up. It's time to get what it is that you want out of life. Head to the thriveplanner.com to help you get organized, to help you start to maximize your day, to help you move that big goal towards the finish line. So I'll see you guys on the next business series episode where we're going to talk about fear. Is it real? And how can I stop living in it to achieve my big goal? 